Spider-Man History 101. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me today here on episode or on part two, but able to totally play anything from part one, is Mr. Jam Elias. How you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing very good, Fred. This podcast is always also backwards compatible with your Zune as well, for anyone that still holds on to that. It, it is, actually, yes. <laughs> we will gladly take Zune files. <laughs> and uh, lightly snickering from the, uh, the rafters is a... Uh, kind of part-timer here at gh101 but a welcome guest is mr austin how you doing sir i'm doing very good thanks for having me on absolutely good yes yes thank you for joining us um because we are coming back to discuss probably the meteor portion of backward compatibility um this is going to be part two and this is where we talk about stuff that's a little more modern but given the fact that last generation the 360 generation was um the 360 we uh ps3 generation in case anybody wants to claim i'm a fanboy went on for eight long years (laughs) eight long years so when you couple that with the current generation you're getting on 12 years that is a lot of time from a gaming standard that is almost three generations packed into two i get the feeling that we're gonna have a lot to say about that stuff uh austin i get the feeling you have a decent amount to say about that stuff because that's kind of why you wanted to come on (laughs) <laughs> yes, I probably use my consoles more, more for backwards compatibility than forwards compatibility. More so than than like current gen or forward compatibility. Uh, but all right, so we are going to jump into backward compatibility, and we had just figured out we are on the 360 generation. But just before we jump into all that, I want to uh, do a little bit of listener mail we got because it relates mail. directly to the topic. Yes, 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 yes. First letter comes in from Andrew, man with good taste. He says, backward compatibility is the subject. Comment, hello everyone. First of all, I want to thank you, Jam, for bringing up PS2 as the ultimate PS1 emulator, save for a few weird titles that were curses during production to not work. Uh, I think he meant curse during production to not work. Anyway, uh, indeed, there, is, there are immensely high chances you will get a perfect playing session out of your PS1 games. I know I do. That 240p smoothless works wonders on my Panasonic HDTV. Yes, the PlayStation 2 does kick ass running Sony's back catalog. And just to be sure, get greatest hits slash platinum. A few select titles like Tomba had issues before the patch. With, uh, mm, with that done yeah. with, yeah, yeah. How do you patch the modern games? Oh, that's why he's saying get the greatest hits version because it'll be patched. Gotcha. Uh, real quick before he goes into this, uh, I wanted to mention, yeah, I love playing PS2 games on, uh, or PS1 games on the PS2 uh, using, yeah, yeah. yeah, I have to use component cables on a CRT. Most HDTVs in America do not have a 240p compatibility. There are some though. There's a, a thread as always. Um But it is my preferred method to play PS1 games. I almost never play them on a a true PS1, even though I've got a RGB cable for it. And that's mostly because, like most people, uh, my PS1 is not got the strongest laser lens. It is the original laser lens, so it kind of chugs the hell out of itself. But, you know, hey, um, how about about you guys? Jam, do you you play most of your, uh, your PS1 games on a PS2? 
Yep, I mean specifically if you want to get all technical, PS2 slim all the way. Yeah, because <laughs> even ah. that is backwards compatible too with PS1 games. Um, yes, unlike it is. some future, unlike say Wii, which um, future iterations were not backwards compatible. Um, yeah, I, I do have I have a PS1 Mini um, as well. I, I just have that because I just love the size, but I do rarely use it. Um, it's just there, just for show. Really, <laughs> it's just like look, this console. So exists it's small but um yeah i'm, yeah. I'm all about the play it's playstation 2 for, for playstation 1 game absolutely cool uh how about you austin uh do you do uh ps1 games on a ps2 now i'm sure we'll point out ps3 is also perfectly capable of ps1 but uh, i'm curious yeah for the game club actually for um castlevania symphony of the night i tried it on the ps2 previously i had played through on the ps3 and Everything went fine. Um, typically, I will play games on my PS3, though, just because of the convenience with virtual memory cards and wireless controllers. But mm-hmm. as for the like playing PS1 games on PS2, yeah, everything's fine. And it's really nice to have the DualShock 2 controllers over the DualShock oh, ones, yeah. mm-hmm. I think. And you can plug DualShock 1s if you're into that kind of thing, uh, into your PS2. Uh, they work with some PS2 games, but I know they, they work with all PS1 games. Um, there's got to be some weird wiring difference, though, as to why it doesn't work with some. And again, to be clear, what he's referring to, people are like, 240p, what? That's, that's low definition. It's 60 frames a second on um, standard def TVs, basically. Uh, but they have the resolution. So it's 240 lines of resolution instead of 480. The way you achieve that is you hook anything up with component cables. And if it outputs at 240p, um, it will look sharper, 60 frames a second. It'll look good because it's actually displaying the image as it's rendered in the in the console. Of course, uh, that's why a lot of people who plugged a PS2 with component cables into their television learned that PS2 games ran mostly just fine, but PS1 games, they would get no signal in their television. That's why. So just a fun little... I'm sure we've covered it a hundred times, but just so people know. Um, and actually, Austin, for uh, Symphony of the Night, I've heard the PS3 version is a really impressive. Uh, like it, it, it took to uh, making that game look good, as as most do, um, very well. Um, although it seems to me Symphony of the Night looks amazing, no matter how you you really play it, as it turns out. Um, but yeah. Uh, he says, with that done with, I wanted to describe the type of person who never cares for backward compatibility. It's a special type of gamer who is allergic to anything quote-unquote old. If it looks old, if it was made more than five years ago, he, she will rather clean out lavatories or study Haley's Comet than play old shit. Uh, that's in scare quotes. HD remasters or full-on remakes are the only way those people play older titles. I can't tell if he's looking at me or not. Um, Needless to say, I despise such people. If you are such people and listening, I despise you. (laughs) Okay, I don't think that was straight straight at me. (laughs) And one last thing. Please do not mention Anita S. on your podcast, Fred, or (laughs) you will only curse it more. (laughs) Whoopsie. Touche. Um, if you don't know who Anita Sarkeesian is, I won't be, li- I won't belabor that conversation anymore. You can just go look it up. Um, she's of note for various reasons. Uh, tune into next week's show. Where- <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love playing older games, uh, in, in those formats, like, like he's describing, like I like to play the Spyro series in those formats, but at the same time, I do like to pick up those remasters sometimes. Um, Although it's one of those things where it's really the PS2 stuff. I know this is probably still, you know, nails on a chalkboard for, uh, for not Austin, um, for, uh, for Andrew, but, um, 
just things look a little rough on the PS2, uh, especially if you put them on an HD TV. And those remasters tend to just like clean it up. But as he's pointed out in the past, they do introduce glitches, weird stuff, clipping, all kinds of hodgepodge uh, of, of, of a problems um, or things that aren't authentic. And the reason I don't notice it is because I've never played the games before. Um, but those that have probably very much notice it. So, you know, I'm on the fence in both regards. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, we have another writer in her, uh, <laughs> listener. Yeah, I think this is his first time, but I could be wrong. It's Carl with a K. Carl writes in mm-hmm. on backward compatibility. He says, hey, guys, great podcast as always. One big aspect of backward compatibility that I don't think you mentioned, apologies if you did and I was spaced out during that part. It's fair. It happens, Carl. Um, is how much more important it, uh, it is for a handheld than a home console. When a new console is released, you have games from the previous generation. You presumably also have the previous generation console. If it's a home console, keeping the last generation around when you want to play its games isn't that big of a deal. You just need the space. If it's a handheld, on the other hand, it's a p-i-t-a pain in the ass sorry uh it's a pain in the ass to carry around multiple consoles he he just gave uh letters but anyway uh case in point nintendo has dominated the handheld market ever since the release of the original game boy however despite the fact that they released a multitude of different handhelds you only need two of them to play all of their games a game boy and in parentheses he puts sp and a uh, nintendo 3ds in parentheses he puts xl i'm guessing that's what he has Um, because you don't specifically need those. Uh, However, those are the versions I have as well. Oh, I don't have a new 3DS. I have a regular 3DS XL and a Game Boy Advance XP. But anyway, best Carl. Thank you, Carl. Good point. You guys uh, find backward compatibility more useful on portables than than home consoles? No one? Am I alone? I I would definitely say that I do. (laughs) Okay. I still use my my Game Boy Advance day to play Game Boy games, and I definitely have a ton of DS games that I still play on my 3DS as well. It's really convenient that you can just put it on there, and especially with the XL greens and with the SP, you can get the backlight. Um, it's definitely an improved use to be able to play them with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jam, how about you? Uh, I know you were a big Game Boy guy. I don't know how much... I know you've got a lot of portables. You've written into future monkeys about the 3ds what are your thoughts on uh backward compatibility and the importance in portables i think it's pretty well it's certainly important for their marketing um for nintendo because uh, you know like just look at the 3ds that's just come out now that they they still kind of tell that as oh look you could play all of that massive ds library and the 3ds library on all these new iterations of the system uh, regardless of how many news or buzz they put in front of the title um uh, yeah sure. and what being, ser- being serious though about it, yeah, I think it is important for portables because you know they don't take portable systems don't take up a lot of space, and um, I don't I don't know what it is about portable games, but certainly the older ones like with the Game Boy, like Tetris for example, like I, I was still playing Tetris up until the Game Boy SP um, or Game Boy Advance SP, I should say, easily just because it's an easy go to game, and you know having that ability just to play that anywhere anytime is 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 good really. Um, but yeah, no, I I think it is it, something that I think only. I'm just racking my brain a bit because I know we've got the notes here, but 
Nintendo is sort of the one that really, really kind of spearheaded the backwards compatibility with the portables. I know the we, we cut, did we briefly mention it last time the Neo Geo Pocket Color did it, but you know, I mean, like technically it, it yeah. did, but like the Wonder Swan and the Wonder Swan Color and the Neo Geo Pocket and the Neo Geo Pocket Color is kind of like the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color in that obviously um, I think it was less so with the Neo Geo Pocket Color though. I almost want to say that the Pocket Color. If you put those games in regular Neo Geo pockets, they might have mm. worked. They might have worked. I know they definitely did in Wonder Swans. Game Boy Color's different. That actually had different hardware. You could play anything in a Game Boy Color, but you couldn't go backwards all the time. Um, Metal Gear is a perfect example. Metal Gear Solid. Um, Ghost Babble does not work on a regular Game Boy. Um, not just Resident yeah, Evil, yeah. I don't think. But um, anyway, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I see the importance there. Plus, you're not gonna, you know, jam when you go on a vacation. You're not gonna pack the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance just in case you want to yep. play the Game Boy. So I see his point. Like, you only conceivably have one console you're carrying around uh, as a portable, and you need it to work. It's also weird that I, I, I feel like Nintendo needs to get to a point where the 3DS and the Switch coexist they've still got weird stuff like mercury steam's upcoming um metroid uh what's the metroid 2 oh, game yeah. called samus returns yeah that's it um that's it. i totally get why you put it on the 3ds bigger market but i don't get why you don't also put it on the switch i don't get why you don't put that everywhere and then the, in the reverse too like I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't understand why blaster master like blaster master zero was on both i don't understand why they don't do that with everything um, but anyway, it remains to be seen, that's but Nintendo. yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, I definitely, uh, uh, also on this uh, subject, we had a, uh, a commenter write in, um, on, uh, on the website. He's back in the Game Boy Advance forever episode. I believe that was July, 2014. So like three years ago, uh, more or less. Uh, jam and it was you and us you and i talking about the game boy advance and it was early into mm. the times when we chatted uh on uh, all games and stuff like that and we were definitely very involved with the chat we went over an hour before we talked about the game boy advance and then when we did <laughs> yep, I felt, that right? yeah i felt like we did a good job and you had done a large portion of the notes and we we handled a lot about the chips and the and the hardware and the launch and things like that and the changes in games and all kinds of stuff um but he was very displeased uh, he said that we didn't do a large enough period of time. And again, I, we're never going to be able to cater to everybody. It's just something I was thinking about. Um, he said we didn't spend a long enough period of time talking about the the influence of the Game Boy Advance, which I don't know if I completely agree mm. with that. I was actually feeling like we spent a large portion of time with that. Um, and then he also yeah. said we didn't deal with the the handoff to DS. Uh, and that's something maybe we'll think about where we de we definitely end a show just talking about like the console on topic and not really the end of it and how it kind of hands off to the next generation. So it might be something mm. to think about in the future, but yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I responded back with like a long paragraph and whatnot, but, uh, but you know, <laughs> Hey, <laughs> he was in not a fan fashion. of, he was not a fan of the format. Um, but, uh, but he was, he, he came off a little rough at first, but after, uh, you know, a calm response of like, oh, well, thanks for the feedback, you know, uh, tell me what you didn't like. Because, you know, everybody just starts with, I hated it, fuck you. Um, and so I was yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Be, more, <laughs> be more specific. And then he was much nicer, <laughs> so which is fine. Sometimes you just need to coax the niceness out of people on the internet. It's such a jaded place anyway. He was probably ready for a fight. 
Um, and clearly he needed a need to be met and he was having a hard time finding Game Boy Advance podcasts like many people didn't cover the topic. And when he found ours, he thought it was a, a beacon of light and we definitely did not cover what he was hoping for. <laughs> and I totally get that frustration. Like that, that has nothing to do with us. It's oh, yeah, just, uh, yeah. it's just, it just pisses you off where you're like, how has no one talked about this topic? <laughs> that, I think that's it. So... Everybody ready to jump into uh, backward compatibility? jump into uh, the 360. So I think it's probably best to lead into kind of where everything was at at the time. So it was 2005. The Xbox had been out for less than four years. It premiered in the holiday of 2011 in America and or wasn't it worldwide? They were worldwide, weren't they? Um, I believe for the original Xbox, the OG. Now we have to call it. I was listening to an old Retronauts and they kept calling it the Xbox One. And I said, Boy, Microsoft <laughs> didn't think about this one, did they? Um, worldwide, November 15th. Okay. So um, so it, it's less than four years later. And like, I want to say it was like March for the 360 of, uh, here we go. Xbox 360 came out. Oh, nope. Sorry. November 20, 2005. I did not get one at launch. Um, but November 22nd, 2005. So four years pretty much to the day. They go worldwide, releasing in lots of territories, lots of territories, more than a dozen um, with the Xbox 360. Um, And I don't know about you guys, but I remember at first I was lukewarm on the 360. I had just really kind of had a couple good years with my Xbox and I was very happy with it. It was my go-to console because it had surround sound. That was a big deal for me. and, uh, and and while PlayStation 2 was compa- compatible with it, a lot of games didn't have it. I remember Grand Theft Auto did and a handful of others, but most games were still stereo. Um, whereas they, they had some sort of 5.1, I don't know if it was decoding or whatnot. Um, and so when the 360 came out so quick, it kind of burned. It was the first really, like it was a really high priced console for the mainstream, right? It was 400, everything was 300 or less um, last generation. Um, and I think a lot of people just basically thought it came out too early. Stop me if you've heard this about any other consoles. Um, yep. You know, and so I was not going to get it at launch. And do you remember, like, they, they couldn't make their minds up on certain things? Like, there was the $450 one that had the 20-gig hard drive, but then there was... Um, the arcade was, one. <laughs> yeah, I think it was 400 and it had just a memory card. Um so they couldn't decide what they wanted to do with that. I don't think it even had a memory card. What? I don't think it even had a memory card. I could be wrong. I mean, it's, no um, I just well, remember it, having like very little. Yeah, um, it might not have. It might have just had a very small amount of flash memory for save games, uh, which would make sense as well. Um, oh, according to this, actually, it was 400 for the 20 gig. I'm sorry. And it was 300 for the 360 core. I remember it was, it was a little low on supply. I mean, it launched in so many markets. That makes sense. Um so I wonder if I'm just remembering the bundles that were out at the time. GameStop definitely did the, if you want this, you are going to have to buy a bundle kind of thing and whatnot. But uh, but either way, um, 
And uh, and it, it was not at launch backwards compatible with 360 or with uh, original Xbox. And I remember that Xbox, was a, yeah. yeah that was a big deal for me. Um, I was not keen on that. Um, so uh, to switch gears real quick, Austin, did you uh, were you gaming at that time? Were you interested in a 360 at launch? Did you grab one? Like where were you at at this point? I. Uh, uh- time I, I think I was in like seventh grade or something so I was diehard Nintendo and Xbox was the enemy so <laughs> <laughs> I did not pick one up at the time I was one of those kids that thought red steel looked really cool oh yes <laughs> it, you know for the record <laughs> red steel did look really cool <laughs> I wanted it pretty cool back in the day yeah. <laughs> I, I never played red steel everybody told me to just stay away from it i did pick it up at uh at, at a recent uh, mom and pop shop for 99 cents though i uh, i might yeah, never get to it but i was like yeah I, I remember playing red steel 2 and thoroughly enjoying it but red steel 1 uh yeah but oh, yeah be a bit spoiled now though. yeah yeah also <laughs> the second one's way better. i know i know um but it's okay and go into it with a conceivably open mind, right? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but the other thing uh, that I recall, uh, Austin, or sorry, from what you were saying was, at seventh grade, four hundred dollars is nothing to <laughs> scoff at. That's a that's a serious chunk of change. And let's not forget that when you add in the the obvious um, I, items you need at least a game and tax you're talking a $500 package easily for just one game um so uh how about you jam yeah not cheap oh yeah we was 250 so when you already like like Nintendo, uh, i win <laughs> <laughs> well and we'll get to it but we was backward compatible out of the box so you already knew all your gamecube stuff would still be playable so that was that was a, a strong point um mm. or at least it mm-hmm. seemed to be yeah, it seemed to be at the time. Um, so, Jam, did you grab 360 at launch? No, I was, I was too poor because I was at university at that point. So. <laughs> me too, me too. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or no, uh, so shit, I, um, actually, I was in the real world, but I was even more poor than oh, when yeah, I was at university. Yeah, um, so, you know, hey. <laughs> but my friend had one, He um, who, who seemed to have a surprising amount of money, in my opinion, and so I, I was drugs. playing on his quite extensive... Yep. He was selling <laughs> drugs, know, he was selling drugs, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, James, friend. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I did play. I did play ex- quite a lot of 360. Uh, thanks, thanks to him though. So that's how I played Gears of War and how I moaned about Dead Rising as well with the damn HD things. He didn't have a HD TV. He just had a stand, stand definition. I I did too. Actually, I bought an HD TV. I was on the fence, and the 360 did usher me into the HD uh, realm um, because I heard Gears looked just so much better. And then, of course, I, uh, I tried to play Dead Rising. I couldn't read the damn words uh on the on the ui um but uh but yeah yeah so uh i don't know i feel like um the time where the 360 became a lot more tempting uh not to not to belabor this point too long uh was 2006 2006 the wii came out and the wii started in my opinion kind of strong uh we, we had a hard time changing the name from revolution to wii uh but you know it happened and um and the waggle controllers and stuff that was either turning you off or, or you were just keeping an open mind and then the ps3 we we had some concerns about the ps3 especially um coming out of uh e3 t- 2006 when they showed off the launch games and stuff like that um but this became like a much bigger deal uh when the 
console came out and it was resistance fall of man and a bunch of shit you didn't want to touch um yep you know they 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 meant well with the ps3 and we'll get to the ps3 as well uh, in a minute but um you know sonic was supposed to be a better game than it was but it came out on 360 it was shit and then you didn't want it at launch and genji (laughs) and gundam just didn't impress madden was all over the place ea did not get its shit together for that one um although madden i think 05 on 360 wasn't great either um but uh but yeah it just it just really didn't come out very well and then there was a lot of stuff that was starting to hit the ground running on 360 and i think that was the time when gamers realized especially because the ps3 also was impossible to find you know they were trying to ship yep. 2 million yep. copies day 1 and uh, i know america got less than 200,000 units and so uh i think they only managed to ship about 450,000 or 500,000 that holiday season um made the 360 a very easy purchase for those with money um very easy purchase and i'm one of those terrible people who stayed in line three days for the playstation 3 got it threw it online to see if it would sell and my whole thought was if it sold great i would sell it and take the money and if it didn't fine i would keep it and play it and it sold for fifteen hundred dollars and i went and um bought a 360 a wii and then that uh like right after the holidays they started doing pre-orders you could pre-buy the ps3 for the second shipment at gamestop and best buy i think it was for me went to best buy prepaid for it so i turned uh you know four months waiting time into all three consoles so that worked out pretty well and i know there are some people out there who detest me for doing that but capitalism baby capitalism um <laughs> i say this on the writing the cusp it paid of the, off <laughs> well i see i say this writing the cusp of the nes classic edition and shit like that <laughs> but uh but yeah come on pre-orders <laughs> right so um so I, I guess the reason i brought all that in there was so we wouldn't have to go over it again when we deal with uh, the ps3 and the wii but also to say um now did anybody jump at austin i'm guessing nintendo kid you jumped at the wii so as far as the 360 goes until we start talking about the actual backwards compatibility you're kind of out on this discussion um well not out but like am i correct you went for the wii yeah Yes, I went for the Wii. Um, I've played some Xbox games backwards compatible on a friend. Uh, we played Conquers a lot on that. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got a, a PS3 now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Jam. So because your friend had a 360, were you like, I mean, because uh, again, 2006 was the year I picked up a 360. Um, were you still not swayed or you just didn't really need it? <laughs> Obviously, you talk about playing Gears well, at his house, so... I didn't. I didn't need it at that stage. I think I ended up getting my my. Well, I, I got my first three secrets actually given to me. Actually, so that's how I got into that, which have been probably was that two thousand nine, maybe. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's quite gotcha. quite a while ago, but but yeah. So I, I was. Uh, yeah, you know, I I'll save you money where I could. You know. <laughs> Well, and I'm about to piss off some people who are eagerly writing that email about how stupid I am, um, but I just had it down there in the notes. Um, I, I want to take a step back. The 360 was, like all the other consoles, backward compatible at launch. When it launched on November 11, 2005, um, it had a, a pretty decent list of backward compatible games, um, which was 279 games. So um, that was a, a pretty decent list. Um some games had to go away. Some games came back, uh, I guess. Um, 
Wow, Superman. Wait, He Man Defender of Grey Skull was supposed to come out on. Brilliant. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> They have no idea how much they don't want that game to have actually come out. Um, anyway, uh, but yes, uh, but backward compatibility on the 360 was an emulator. Uh, later on in time, they would jump over and add in many more games. I think it was in 2007. Yeah, November 2007. So two years after release, um, they would jump the list to 461 which is about half of the North American library, but a large number of um, of uh, of games. Jam, you guys over across the pond actually have 476 compatible games, having the largest really? backward compat nice. library. Yeah, Japanese 360, just in case you're thinking about picking one up, only backward compatible with 122 <laughs> games. Um, and those are only Japanese releases, ah. um, but the uh, Japan got very few uh, Xbox, original Xbox releases. So that makes sense. Um, but it, it did start this weird thing though, where up until this point, when things were backward compatible, it was like absolute, right? You put something in there from the last gen and it would just work. This was a time where you didn't really know quite what was going to happen, right? <laughs> like, like sometimes you would pop in a game and, uh, like Halo 2, I don't know if you remember this, but Halo 2 had ghosting. Um, you get to the last level and there would be like a little silhouette of Master Chief kind of floating in the lower left corner of the screen. I think I remember that. <laughs> yes. That yeah, does sound familiar. It was really funny. So just yeah, like it was it was stupid in my opinion. Not the not the ghosting or, or being upset about it, but it was stupid in my opinion because I kept my original Xbox and not everybody did that, but I kept my original Xbox and I could have popped in Halo 2 and played it there anytime I wanted to. But the first thing I did was play through Halo 2 on the 360. Why? Who knows? But I did. And um, then when it had ghosting, I was like, oh, man, this sucks. It has ghosting. And it's like, well, Fred, you got the fucking... Anyway, um, you know, the solution was right in front of me. Um, so that was <laughs> that was pretty interesting. But uh, but yeah, Jam uh, and, and Austin, if you remember anything, do you guys remember any games that were just pretty, pretty borked from the backward compatibility? Um, well, yeah, but definitely the the Halo 2 is one, but I, I, because Halo 2 sort of felt a bit balked on the original Xbox as well, I couldn't tell if it was because of the original Xbox. Or Fair the, enough. Because of the 360. Because <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys remember where if you, play, if you played Halo 2, but those cutscenes seemed to have a massive delay to them, like the characters would pop in really late. So I, can, yeah. so I I don't know. That's one thing I remember. That could be just the how you know Halo Two was. Mm, Halo Two is uh, pretty rushed. A lot of people universe. I mean, Jam, you know this. They they basically went and rebuilt all of the cutscenes in the uh, Master Chief Collection. Um, so Andrew, cover your ears. Yeah. Um, it would be my recommendation, specifically with Halo, that you play the Master Chief Edition on the Xbox One if you can, as opposed to the original versions. Mostly just because they don't improve anything, but you can pretty much play the original game on the new ones, and um, they are cleaned up and, and made a little bit better, and uh, and the other ones just run as if they, they always have, so you know, there's no harm mm. in it, but anyway... Yeah. Uh, Apart and- from, yeah. Oh, keep going. I was gonna say we we generally steered clear. I, I generally steer clear of the um, original Xbox games on the 360, just because um, me and my friend at the time had were quite into kind of like niche ex- original Xbox games, mm-hmm. um, and they we found that they weren't just weren't compatible with the 360. So it's like kind of puts you off, really. Um, 
Right. It, well, that, it put us off anyway, because it felt like a little lottery of what's going to work and what wasn't going to work. So we didn't have access to a list at the time, <laughs> you know. So well, and uh, so we didn't we didn't. I mean, just looking at this grid here, it looks like you guys had some severe growing pains because, and again, roll your eyes if you're tired of hearing us talk about this, but uh, since you guys use the PAL standard and that was always traditionally 50 hertz, and then when HD comes along, everybody's in 60 hertz, and you guys were dancing with that in the PS2 and Xbox era, you had it, but there was a lot of stuff where like it would work on an HD TV if you were in 60 hertz mode, like upscaled to like 720p, but it wouldn't work or 480p, but it wouldn't work in 50 hertz PAL mode if you were doing 480i through the Xbox 360. Like that was another weird thing where like backward compatibility was heavily compromised in Europe if you were still using, you know, 576i as what they call it or PAL interlaced uh, 50 hertz standard. Um, hmm. or at least that's the look of it from this grid, you know, you were around more for it, but like, for example, jam, you can't play Buffy, the vampire slayer on the 360. It works perfectly fine with no problems on a us, um, 360 and a UK 360 in a 60 Hertz mode. So 480p, 720p, 1080p. Um, however, if you're playing in, in an interlaced mode, a, a standard def mode, uh, it will not work. It just simply will not huh. load. Um, it's weird, right? Well, I mean, it makes sense, but it's, 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 it's interesting. Yeah. So I was just looking on the list as well. And, um, yeah, a game that we really, really enjoyed back in the day was, um, Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance, mm -hmm. um, particularly the second one and two, but that was not compatible over because I remember that we tried that in the 360 and it wouldn't play. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It works um, here. But obviously, yeah, no, that's what's that's funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, it does, it does have some stuff and it did prompt me though. Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance one, oddly enough, does not work in any region, but the UK, <laughs> you guys, <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys can't play Dark Alliance two unless you're in a progressive mode and we can't play Dark Alliance one at all. Um, mm. And I know that when people are selling Dark Alliance, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance is very beloved from the PS2 360 era. And I know that on the original Xbox, the mom and pop shops around here, there's a big sticker on them that says does not play in Xbox 360. And you know that's because people have brought it back <laughs> pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, actually, Austin, get this. So here's some stuff you may or may not remember. The following is a list of problems Conquer Alive and Reloaded users experience while playing that game on the Xbox 360 as opposed to the original Xbox. Uh, one, there are no loading screens, which I don't see how that's a defect. Uh, maybe, but did it just go to, uh, you might not remember, but did it just go to black during the loading screens? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was just like before you started a match, it would you know, just go black and you're like, uh, is this going to work? <laughs> and then eventually it would. So <laughs> hold your breath. It's video games. Uh, but, um, let's see. Uh, smoke, dirt, dust effects are colored differently. That's interesting. You got any pink smoke there? <laughs> Austin. Um, <laughs> apparently the I don't think it was too bad. No. Okay. The pause menu has weird lag input during multiplayer games. Um, Intro movies stutter or skip completely. The console may freeze and or reset itself. <laughs> Sound sometimes... <laughs> Definitely had that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it was bad. Oh, and when saving a game in an area, loading the save file can freeze the console completely. 
but it's only for certain levels. So basically, you're not supposed to quit playing in certain parts of the game and you check a wiki for that. Wow, that's just... But again, it, it just kind of proves the point of like, it's it's hardly the same experience from the previous game. And some of these just go crazy. Like some of these have full paragraphs of all the problems they have with them. Um, but yeah, it's just... And again, it was just, they were trying to make it work and it did not have hardware uh, backward compatibility. It was software. And this is the nature of software. Um, I'm curious you guys' thoughts. I'm surprised they put so much effort into it. It just seems like a big pain in the ass for something that even by our own admissions, like we used it, but not, I don't think we used it too terribly much. Is that my experience or, I mean, Austin, you, it sounds like you just had the one game, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, for me, um, looking at this list, I w- was honestly surprised by how, how many issues there were um you know i, I kind of made conquer sound pretty bad but overall it was pretty playable and i didn't really notice anything but i've also never played it on the original xbox mm-hmm. uh, looking at this list though it seems like it's way more hassle and with xboxes as cheap as they are <laughs> and you know they have high def inputs anyway it's like why not just buy one of those yep yeah, yeah I see that much. point. Um, Jam, did you guys, uh, like you mentioned a couple of games, do you remember like playing a whole slew of original Xbox games? I mean, we, we played a lot of Halo on the Xbox 360. And that makes because, perfect sense, like, yeah. But not kind of a lot of the other stuff, really. I mean, um, I'm just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I played Conquerors. I mean, Conquerors, I remember that being very popular with other people, people saying that they enjoyed um, Conquer- that live and reloaded game. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the backwards compatibility, but um, the Grand Theft Autos I did play on 360 because I think all all of them were compatible, I believe. They do, um, yeah, they're fully yeah, compatible. Yeah, the, but the thing that used to annoy me is obviously the custom soundtracks didn't transfer over. I was like, ah, so obviously yep. I, I I was one of those weirdos that I burned my CDs onto my original Xbox so I could play <laughs> the music in the games. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> it sounds good fun, but. Um, <laughs> That didn't transfer. That didn't transfer over to 360, which made me very, very mad. So I went back to that. Um, the only other game that um, we probably did play um, was the what was it? The the, yeah, the Wolfenstein game that was on that as well. Um, ah, yeah. Turner's Castle. But yeah, again, it was. I don't know. It just. It just. It, we. I mean, I had an original Xbox, um, which I was happy to kind of play with. But I didn't have 360. But obviously, if you're at the friend's house, it's uh, playing with him. But. I don't. I don't know. Um, I think. I think a lot of it, like I just mentioned earlier, a lot of it was just confusion. Really, it's like you know, you have that hankering to play a particular game. You put it in. You get. You get nothing happens. You're thinking, huh? So it just felt like a lost read. It just you weren't too confident. So it. It felt like we were kind of spit speared and just sticking with the xbox games with the proper xbox at the time um so that's yeah. what i did really the oh one more well there was one actually um, another another one which is the silent hill 2 um restless yeah. dreams which was um that one i did play on 360 as well or I, I remember that in my opinion i felt something seemed off with that because remember the mention of fog fed fred Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the fog that I thought felt weird, but something seemed a bit odd about that game. Well, um, it's, uh, according to these yeah. notes, has an issue where the light from the flashlight shines behind the character as well as in front. So you got it coming out both ends. That's odd. Mm. Um, textures can frequently load in <laughs> wrong areas or not load at all, displaying only gray space, which some may mistake for a fog effect. 
the picture views yeah. can go away. Later levels lose music and sound effect audio. Game over events render the game unplayable. The game will not reboot once it's been shut off. One method to avoid... Oh, and it will permanently corrupt your save. There you go. A lot of people say when you play this game... Um, save uh only to the first slot and then when you quit um uh oh okay no 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 you save on every single slot and then you only continue to save on the first slot <laughs> i don't know why that matters but anyway but it's a lot of bullshit if you want to know um, there's a whole process here for Red Dead Revolver because the game freezes on the 12th level and never plays again. Like there is a way to fix that, but, but who has the time? <laughs> As Austin put it, at some point you just go, I'm going to buy an Xbox because it's $40. <laughs> yep. And I'm going to try to find it locally at a shop because the shipping on it, because it weighs so much is $600. Um, I was looking on eBay and like Xboxes are selling for like $20 because the shipping on them is like 35. Um, it's hilarious. Uh, but, uh, and if you see any Xboxes with free shipping, you can see their prices are pretty high because they know they have to adjust for that. I don't think the Xbox is that heavy, but it's, it's not light. It'll cost you on the cheapest way I can think to, to ship. It will cost you over $20 easy in America, um, to ship it anywhere. So, but, uh, yeah, so this is kind of a first test where I, I don't know about you guys, but the overall impression we had about the 360 was, yeah, it works, but you know, you, I think we've even used that phrasing on this show. You pop it in and see how it goes. <laughs> pretty much, yep, pretty much. <laughs> so, you know, I do know a guy who got rid of his Xbox and what he would do is when he wanted to play a, a, an original Xbox game on his 360, he'd pop it in, play it for a couple hours, see how fucked up it was, and then decide whether or not to sell it. You know, the game. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. I could keep this or uh, get rid of it. Um, so, but um, anyway, anything else you guys want to say about the uh, Xbox 360 backward compatibility before we, uh, we move on? All right. Uh, I just I'm wanted sorry. to nope. say real quick. Oh, sorry. No, go, go, go. <laughs> um, real quick. I just think it's it's uh, interesting to me that, you know, before this time, all everything backwards compatible was hardware oriented. So compatibility was pretty much one-to-one or nearly one-to-one. And then this is the first time you see use of software backwards compatibility. And it just... There are so many problems, and I think it's kind of interesting as consumers. It's like, oh, hey, we ask for this, but if they didn't do it right, like, yeah, I mean, um, and I'm I'm trying to check real quick because I could be wrong. I'm checking if PlayStation was backward compatible um, due to software. It might have been. It looks like it might be. Um. I go back and forth. Those a lot of people say the sound chip of the PS2, which is often the case, is the processor for the new one. Um, but uh, doesn't really tell the method. Although what I will say, Austin, and what kind of breaks this barrier is that PlayStation Two games, or sorry, PlayStation One games were all, and lots of games of that era, I would say, were all kind of programmed in C, kind of in the same programming language and built kind of in the same way 
Um, and while the, some of them had special effects and whatnot, uh, they, they were all, you know, they weren't that complex in kind of how the game is compiled, in my opinion. Uh, somebody's going to come out and know more technically about this and, and totally throw that to the wayside. Mm-hmm. But like Xbox games did a lot of crazy shit. PlayStation 2 as well. You'd hear, you know, we'll talk about that when we get to PS3. Um, Xbox games were a large number of PC ports. I mean, look at it. Uh, we've done it. Uh, Call of Cthulhu. Like, PCs can't really figure out how to play that game very well unless you patch the absolute loving hell out of it. Um, and it doesn't do great on a 360. Um, and so it's like, yeah, I mean, that game just works because of the specific tricks they do on the original Xbox. And uh, I think Grab by the Ghoulies had some stuff like that, which is why they reprogrammed that thing from the ground up um, for the rare replay. So, yeah, but you do, you get into these complex games with these streaming attributes or special effects and it just doesn't work. I mean, it just flat out doesn't work. Um, and that is, yeah, that can definitely be a large portion of the the software stuff. Although I think the, again, the PS4 or the PS2 may have been, if it was hardware based, um, even then you've got problems, you know, certain games don't work. Um, so Yeah. Um, but, uh, I'm trying to look at exactly what games didn't work. I, the one I remember specifically was Metal Gear VR missions. Um, but, uh, apparently Metal Gear VR missions was only for the SCPH 3000 models, uh, 30,000 models, but that's of course the one that, (laughs) that's the one that, that I, I have, that's my fat. So, but anyway. Jam, you'll be happy to know your slim does work on the uh, with yep. uh, with Metal Gear. Um, but there, oh, yeah. but get this: the slim is incompatible with uh, certain PS2 games. Did you know that? I did, but I don't. I don't think um, there's not many though, is it? No, but like Beyond Good and Evil doesn't work. On, well, it works, but it, <laughs> it has really twisted sound. I can't play Ty the Tasmanian Tiger Three: Night of the King Con. On, uh, uh, on that, that's just that's just not acceptable. Jack <laughs> X, <laughs> Jack X is riddled with bugs, and look at this: God of War doesn't play on the slim. What? <laughs> I don't know if I'm pretty sure I've played Beyond Good and Evil on the yeah, slim. Oh, that one works <laughs> with sound yeah. glitches. That works with yeah. sound glitches, but God of War, like. Sh- are we uh, fucking... no, that's not true i've played okay that on the slim. <laughs> okay okay i was having a hard time believing that one okay so yeah. wikipedia fucks us again um but uh but yeah so just something to keep in mind um but yeah so hmm. i'm intrigued though. it's just uh, yeah <laughs> so uh all right is everybody ready to now move on to the playstation 3 the next game to come out by by three days the next backward compatible game system so the playstation 3 was going to be backward compatible compatible right out of the gate um but the playstation 3 was also 600 dollars at launch it was 500 dollars for the 20 gig system and then it was 600 for the uh for the 60 gig system the big reason people wanted the 60 gig over the um 20 gig was the 20 gig had no hdmi port i forgot about that did you guys remember that i don't (laughs) yeah the 20 gig model did not have an hdmi port it did not have wi-fi 
and it did not have um, flashcard readers. So there you go. Huh. Flashcard's not that big of a deal um, because it had the USB ports, but I did not know that there are models out there that do not have um, uh, HDMI port. Yeah. Yeah, which the 360 doesn't have an HDMI port at launch either. So, like, it's not that big of a deal, but um, it's surprising. When you yeah, think about true, it. true, true. I, I just forgot about that. Still, Thanks. for a hundred bucks, difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this is back when hard drives were apparently the big deal. But um, but either way, that was, a, that was just a ridiculously expensive model. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb, Austin, and say if you asked your parents for a PlayStation 3 for Christmas of 2006, that would uh, that would have gone over either laughably poorly or uh, you would have just gotten like just a, uh, an easy, quick no. <laughs> Am I correct? <laughs> yeah, probably not so well. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what you were doing at that time, if you had a side gig or <laughs> maybe delivering papers or something. But that would be that would be a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of routes, a lot of saving up for. Um, but uh, but yeah, we didn't know the PS3 wasn't going to be very strong out of the gate. Uh, so I was I was tempted to get a PlayStation Three from the get. Um, but for a couple of years until about two thousand seven, it was it was tough being a PlayStation Three owner. Um, <laughs> It's really tough. <laughs> I had all the systems, so it didn't matter. But it was it was hard to love on the PS3. Jam, uh, any thoughts for you? Was this completely out of your wheelhouse? Were you not interested, or? I, yeah, I, I didn't get on the PS3 until I think Little Big Planet Two came out. <laughs> That's how long it took me to get on that jump on the. Console. 2009, 2010 was really when that 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 dynamic started to shift, and by the end of the era, most people had grabbed a PS3 because they'd become so. Um, so cheap, and there was a decent rift of exclusives on that generation. But yeah, um, yeah. but yeah. Um, so, uh, but of course, a lot of people say that that six hundred dollar price tag was uh, largely due to the backward compatibility. In order to make backward compatibility uh, work, the PS3 was uh, at launch backward compatible with both PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 games. PlayStation 1 through software emulation, which Austin, surprisingly enough, uh, is almost 100%. Um, and uh, and then uh, flat out, my understanding is they slapped a <laughs> goddamn uh, PlayStation 2 hardware um, chipset like right into the PS3. Like they, they just straight up just bolted it on, uh, is my understanding of how they did it. Um, I'm trying to find otherwise, but, uh, but yeah, that was a big deal. Um, although I go back and forth because the PlayStation two library was so robust and like everyone, I feel very confident in saying everyone who was a gamer in the early two thousands pretty much had a PS two by 2006. Hmm. Does that sound correct? Well, Austin, you weren't a PS2 gamer, were you? Uh, I got a PS2 late in the game. Um, in like 2005 six or so after I you know, had to have my Guitar Hero. But, <laughs> but you did get it. Oh, okay, yeah. so Guitar Hero did sell it. So even you, being a Nintendo household, when PlayStation 3 comes out in 2006, around that time, you actually did have... Um, a, a PlayStation Two. So even you had one. <laughs> yep, you. It, 
It was, you needed one. It had like everything ever. See, okay, there you go. Yeah. So this is where I actually go back and say, uh, I think backward compatibility was very much necessary uh, for the PlayStation 3 at launch. Um, you know, I know people will have a hard time saying that, but I, I just feel like in order to stay on the Sony bandwagon, they had to do it. I don't know. Uh, do you guys agree, disagree? I don't know. It didn't seem like, again, it's like kind of like the original Xbox. I, I felt people, well, again, most of the circle of friends I had at the time, they they were all about the Xbox 360. Um, but before <laughs> yeah. that, they were all um, they all had PS2s and stuff. So they were happy to play Guitar Hero on PS2 still uh, until, of course, Guitar Hero 2 came out, <laughs> which is on the 360. But Yeah, you know what? Actually, I might, I might almost change my idea right now. You're right. Uh, People, PS2 was so small once the Slim came out, and and a lot of people had it, and it was what ninety nine bucks. I think that was yeah. the joke. I guarantee you. Actually, now that I think about it, one of the first video games podcasts I ever did, Video Game Purists with Hefe, we premiered in April of two thousand and eight for the launch of GTA Four. Um, Brilliant. <laughs> and it's not available right now, but if I if I find those old episodes, I'll release them. Um, I think we said, yeah, don't buy a PS3, just buy a PlayStation or a 360 with a PlayStation 2. And it was cheaper too. Um, <laughs> so, because I think the 360 went down to 300 at that point. So you could buy a 360 and a, and a PlayStation 2 for 400 bucks and still be better off than a PS3 at 600. Um, now the price will come mm-hmm. down shortly, but yeah, that first and second generation, um, you know, had PS2 compatibility and, uh, and it was good for the record. I don't know if you guys have any backward compatible PS3s, but backwards compatibility on the PS3 is, is, is very nice. It upscales to 720 or 1080, depending on what you've got it set to. It smooths things out. Uh, it's not a lot of settings. I think it's just smoothing on and full screen or original resolution. And I think those are your only two options. Um, but you put a disc in and it played. I mean, it just it just straight up played. Um, any of you uh, deal with the PS3's backward compatibility on PS2 games? I didn't personally. But. Okay. Um, and Austin, I'm guessing no? No, not personally. But honestly, um, my PS3 died a little bit ago. And so I was shopping around for a new one. Mm-hmm. Um I was really looking at one with PS2 compatibility just because, you know, it plays well. It has the HDMI out for modern TVs, so it's a lot Mm -hmm. easier. And with virtual memory cards and wireless controllers, like, it is a really compelling option for PS2 games, um, especially with the great compatibility list. Yeah, um, and I will tell you, yeah, it, it's pretty good. The other thing, Austin, is if you get one, you know, th- those were mine. Definitely suffered this. The the dreaded yellow light of death um, on eBay. It's not the cheapest way to go about it, but they do a reballing procedure where they basically cannibalize a yellow light of death PS3 and strip those parts to replace yours on your model. And basically rebuild a, a new working console. And they do it for like, I think, 100 bucks shipped. Um, which, again, PS3. The, those original models, uh, not, uh, 
not easy uh, to ship. They're very heavy. Um, but uh, but I've I've really been contemplating doing it to my original PS3 just to get back that that compatibility. Because um, I go back and forth. You know, sometimes I want to play my PS2 on an HD TV. Sometimes I want to play it on a standard def. Um, and it it can be worthwhile. Like if you're willing to spend, you know, you'll probably spend between 100 and 200 for the system itself. And then if it ever dies on you, you'll probably pay another hundred bucks for this reballing thing. But it, 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 it works really well. And I guess the, the people who do it, they stand by it. They have like a one or two year warranty and they fix the cooling system in some way. So, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a pretty slick thing, especially the hardware backward compatibility. Now the uh, software backward compatibility, and sorry, modders, we're not going to deal with the uh, the emulators and stuff on on jailbroken PS3s. But um, um, but yeah, yeah, uh, the uh, the 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 hardware PS3 or PS2 backward compatibility is very strong, in my opinion. Um, I was very pleased with what with how things looked. A lot of people say it looks better than the PS2 itself, which someone out there, possibly Andrew, is screaming sacrilege at this very statement. Um, <laughs> but yeah yeah it's something to think about now the the playstation 3 did go through its second iteration um that was the ones i believe that came out in 2007 um you'll recall i'm trying to remember when metal gear solid 4 came out the gun gunmetal gray metal gear solid console um is one of the most popular of the backward compatible software ones where they they got rid of the hardware and then just did it through software um, do you guys remember this one? The Gunmetal Gray Metal Gear Solid console in that second oh, yeah. generation? This was 2008. Sorry. So this was this was actually, I think the second generation with the software stuff was holiday 2007 or maybe it was early 2008. And then the end of that production line was with the Metal Gear Solid 4 consoles. Um, so, yeah. But, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, and uh, these go back and forth. Um, <clears throat> if you read the list, and I can, I'll just pop it in the chat just for fun. Um, but if you read the list, you'll see that uh, uh, most of the compatibility on the hardware stuff is just yes, it plays. Yes, it plays. Occasionally, no, uh, like Age of Empires 2 or something. Um, and then uh, for the most part, things just play. And then when you get over to the software stuff, it starts to read a lot more like the 360 stuff. Like, here we go, 187, ride or die. Just works on the hardware one, on the software one. During various FMV sequences throughout the title, the audio cuts out. In the Coast Escort mission, graphical corruption appears on the shadow texture of the user's vehicle. You know, things like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and then of course, there are very rare but occasional ones where it works on the hardware and it doesn't work on the software. You just leave it at that. But looks like so far all I've seen was a Ben 10 game. So, oh, Chaos Bleeds, Jam. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, right? Buffy the Vampire uh, Slayer. Yeah, Jam, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Chaos Bleeds, arguably um, the worst of the two. Um, uh-huh. It works on the PS3 uh, with a PS2 disc uh, in the hardware, but it's completely unplayable on the uh, on the software. So there you go. There's an <laughs> example. Yeah, weird. So, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, since there's no way to do this without uh, or w- with emulation, of course, this list is very um, uh, is is very it has a lot of games that are untested because people don't have an actual disc they can pop into their console. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, and and Sony didn't test all these. Um, 
So we'll have to go without knowing whether or not Reign of Fire will work on an actual PS3 until you, you just do it yourself. So, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, anything you guys want to say about uh, backward compatibility? Like Austin, were you thinking of looking into one with the PS2 software or the hardware ones, the original like launch consoles? Uh, I was looking into the original hardware built into it mm-hmm. i honestly didn't know that there was one that had the software i think that's kind of weird that they stopped doing that in the future but i guess it goes back to the 360 where there's just so many issues they probably were just like meh it's not worth it actually i think this is one of the first <laughs> but, times where sony um, made that controversial statement of like it's now our assessment that people don't care about backward compatibility. And everyone was like, oh yeah, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But then they did come out with a PS3 right after that that was $300 uh, instead of 600 So you start to see the writing on the wall as to whether it was true or not that people cared about it. Um, it definitely helped the case of like the PS3 became a lot more tempting at $300 than it did at 600 as somebody who paid 600 for it. <laughs> I can promise you that. So Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely saving some money and losing out on that and being able to just buy. I mean, PS2s were everywhere and cheap as all heck at Mm. that time. So it makes sense. But, you know, looking back now, um, just trying to get a PS2 working with more modern HGTVs that don't necessarily have component ends. Um, the PS3 looks pretty nice with the hardware, but again, they're so old that they can have the yellow light of death and they cost like $200, which is a bit more than I'd like to spend. <laughs> yes. Yes. I totally understand that. Um, you know, I go, I go backward, I go both ways and that's why mine's still sitting here. Although for mine, you know, I have the system itself. I just need to have it repaired. Um, but at the time until this reballing came up that somebody, let me know about um they would just say hey we can fix the yellow light of death but it's only a matter of time before it dies again and then it's dead for good so i was like "Mm, okay shit um but (laughs) uh, (laughs) but uh yeah so ps1 on the other hand i remember that being almost not important when the ps3 came out and i feel like in recent days that's become a little more tempting to people um What are you guys' thoughts on this? PS1 games on PS3. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. it was, especially if you have access um, compatibility of both PS3 and um, uh, not PS3, PS2 and PS1. I apologize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's interesting. I mean, it does it does do a pretty good job of doing you know kind of what people want to do these days, which is you know a lot of people plug a Nintendo into their TV and realize it looks like garbage. Um, the PS3 scales those pixels pretty well and even has a smoothing option on them um and so if you're gonna play a ps1 game on a on a on a play on a hdtv you know if you don't have a good way to do it the ps3 is probably the easiest um i mean austin do you find yourself 
uh, on your PS3 before it uh, kicked the bucket? Did you find yourself playing a lot of PS1 games or not usually? Uh, I own a few PS1. I've got like a pretty decent little collection, but yeah, I would would put everything in my PS3 over my PS2 just because the output is really good, and especially on HDTVs. I think as far as modern or trying to play old like older games on modern HDTVs, it's the best implementation that there is, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can see the, the Wii argument, the 480p Wii argument also with Virtual Console. Um, but I get your point. Uh, it, it's probably the most compatible because, uh, you know, like with my recent HDTV purchase of a 4K, but there's other examples, you know, the component video is not uh, in the back of every TV anymore. Um, so that's starting to go away as well. They're trying to get rid of all analog signals. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, that, that that's when the PS3... Uh, stands a, a way above and, a, and beyond. But uh, I just remember the PS3 being a lot more of a blanket console. When you had a PS3, it wasn't really wasn't really something you used all the time probably, but it was a lot different with the Xbox where it was like, ah, pop it in and see if it works. It was more like a foredrawn conclusion that you'd probably be able to play your game on the play- PlayStation 3 if you had a backward compatible model. Um, it was more evergreen. Um, so <laughs> anything else about the PS3's backward compatibility before we move on to the Wii? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw out again, virtual memory cards. Mm-hmm. So cool. <laughs> yeah, they oh, also, yeah. Yeah, I love how you have to create them. <laughs> yeah, they also had a cool thing. I have the adapter where you can put a memory card into your uh, oh. PlayStation 3. Yeah, that that was very easy to find on clearance back in the day, and now it's like somewhat of a collector's item. But that that is cool too because you can back up your PS1 and PS2 memory cards to your PS3 or even a PC. Um and then you can even mod those save files if you want to. But uh, but I usually don't do that. Um, but like, yeah, when I finished Symphony of the Night, I copied the save game to that memory card, plugged it into my PS3, copied the save file over to, uh, over to the hard drive, and now I just have a backup of that save file, um, which has its uses, you know. So oh, that's one cool thing. Mm-hmm. But also in some in many cases you can do stuff like play the digital version of a game on PSN on your PS3 save copy that save to a memory card and go back and play the tangible version doesn't work all the time sometimes they had to modify those save files I think Resident Evil one of them or all of them you can't mix the save files but for a lot of them you can um, I think Crash Bandicoot does let you uh, and I'm pretty sure Spyro yeah. did too, because I'm pretty sure I played Spyro 2, Ripto's Revenge, on a PSP, a PS3, and a PS2, all just huh. shifting the save game around. So <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is pretty cool. I, I can't recall if I actually did pull all of those off. Uh, it's been a while since we did the Spyro episode, but uh, but there are some games out there you can do that. You can totally do that. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. So the Nintendo Wii was, was pretty straightforward, right? The Nintendo Wii actually had, uh, the GameCube processor in it so it could switch to GameCube mode and it literally became a GameCube. Um, 
so uh and so i'm pretty sure and i'm checking that right now the gamecube compatibility on um the wii was 100 percent anybody recall this it, it seemed like it was yeah, yeah I've played, I've played never had a single issue yeah, yeah. it seemed flawless as well yeah, and again, that's just because it literally had GameCube hardware. That's where the uh, that's one of the places where the infamous joke of the Wii being two GameCubes duct taped together um, <laughs> comes from. Uh, and you can tell because when you play games in, you know, I, I feel like a lot of us uh, out there play a lot of GameCube games if we play GameCube games on the Wii um, for various reasons. Yep. My biggest one is the component cables because they're super rare on the GameCube and super common on the Wii. Um but when you play a GameCube game, you can't go back to the main Wii UI. It's literally shut off. You have one choice. You turn that console off and turn it back on to access the Wii menu. That thing becomes a GameCube <laughs> with only one way to handle anything on that. Um, so, uh, but yeah, uh, is, is that you guys' uh, experience? Yeah, yeah, exactly the same, yeah. So yep, never had any issues. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll give it that. The other thing that's great is obviously it supports progressive mode, which a um, lot of Wii games actually supported progressive mode. Our most recent game club, uh, Eternal Darkness, that was near the launch of the GameCube, and I was surprised to see it It supported progressive. So did Luigi's Mansion, which I think was a freaking launch game. Um, launch game, yeah. Yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. it's cool to see that stuff, you know, and you never see that unless you have component cables hooked up. And so I've never had a, uh, you know, I have a GameCube with an S-Video connection but that's nothing compared to the component cables um but those component cables i think beardy who's actually going to be a guest on ghx this week i think beardy has the gamecube component cables he found them in a mom and pop shop for like five bucks and i said dude you could like buy like a gamecube and a wii and a handful of games for like just the the selling those cables alone you should just do that <laughs> but uh <laughs> But yeah, or you could just give them to us over here at the Gaming History 101 Foundation. We'll uh, make sure they get a nice home in Fred's closet and um, are completely misused. Um, <laughs> but I'm just kidding. Um, that sounds like a sounds like an idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but Austin, now you did get a Wii at lunch, yes? Yes, I got a Wii in February, so just a little bit after lunch. I'd call that a big yes. Uh, Jam, how about you? I think I was a bit, again, actually the same friend had, had a Wii as well <laughs> so, <laughs> at, uni, but, at uni, so I used his, but I, I got a Wii, um, actually when I kind of went into work actually, so that would have been, um, that would have been 2009 probably. Oh, oh wow. No, no, 2007. Okay, okay, okay. so like a year later. They, they weren't even, 2007. yeah, they weren't regularly on shelves anyway. Uh, according to Nintendo's website, if you have a backward compatible model, um, 100% of the games are uh, will work. So any GameCube discs mm. you have, you can plug into a Wii and they will work. So I would call that 100% backward compatibility. And again, just going back to it, this is kind of the hardware difference that Austin was talking about. Complete playback. I've never seen any um, any changes, any weird effects, any anything that was present on the GameCube is also present on the Wii and vice versa. Um, so, so yeah. It's a full-fledged GameCube, basically. Um, now, Austin, when you got this, the Wii at launch, uh, how big of a deal was the backward compatibility with GameCube to you? 
Um, I mean, I've never been one to tr- trade anything in, but it's still, I think, very useful, and I use it to this day. Like, with the 100% compatibility, the ports and everything, and the support of component cables, you really don't need a GameCube at then um, <laughs> with the Wii because it just it's smaller it plays Wii games too and it works 100% yeah I the only thing I use mine for is the Game Boy Advance player but um, you know a soft mod of Wii could easily play Game Boy Advance games um, without problems at all Um, but uh, but that's the the accessories are the only things I can think of and most of the accessories work on account of the Wii having full-fledged four GameCube controller ports and two memory card stick uh, spots. So the weird microphone with Odama works. The Donkey Kongos, they work. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, very, it's a very compatible system. I'm pretty sure even the keyboards for Fantasy Star Online work. Um, huh. Yeah. <laughs> if you'll believe that. Um, so so yeah, you're you're pretty covered. You're pretty covered. Um, I know there were a handful of people who bought Zelda Twilight Princess on the GameCube and played it on their new Wii. I remember that being the deal. So I got done camping out for the PS3. We went home. We hugged our consoles. We took pictures of them, put them up on eBay, me and my, co- my buddy Hefe at the time. And then we put them in a closet. And then the next night, the very next night, so like they, that came out on like a Thursday. And then I think the week came out on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. And so the very next night we got in line. At, uh, uh, we went back to the same retailer, got back in line. Uh, no, actually I switched. Walmart was where I got my PS3. Best Buy was where I got my, my uh, Wii and lined up for that one too. Um, I remember doing that specifically. And uh, I remember when you walked in, like we found out we were going to get the Wii's and then they were trying to work with inventory and they had plenty of Wii Twilight Princesses, but um, they were asking people if they wanted to pre-order Twilight Princess on the GameCube. Because as I recall, I think it was the 17th that the PS3 came out. So the 16th at midnight, basically, um, or the 17th at midnight, however you look at it. And then the 19th, I think, was when the Wii came out Uh, and... Uh, Twilight Princess on the GameCube got delayed till December, which I think has now been officially revealed to have been an artificial delay. Like they delayed it just so they could sell more copies of Twilight Princess. So that's where I always say, like with Nintendo not having enough Switches in stores and it being hard to find Mario Kart for a while and it being hard to find the Classic Edition, that's where I always go bullshit on when people are like, no, it's Nintendo doing their best, but they just can't seem to restock it. I, I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. Um, and I remember that Best Buy rep going, if you want the GameCube version, it will play in your Wii, but you got to pre-order it today and it won't be available till December. And I remember one mom asking why you would do that. And she goes, from my understanding, the Wii uses motion controls for some of the parts of Zelda, the waggle stuff. And um, for the GameCube one, you just use a controller. And I remember some parents being swayed by that. They were like, huh, which one would my kid want? Um, and things like that. So, uh, And I knew a handful of people who just were not going to play Twilight Princess on the Wii with the waggle controls. I was excited till the bow and arrow scenes came up. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but by then it was too late. Um, so, 
But I do remember that being an interesting thing. You know what I mean? Like the one thing we didn't have with the Switch, you know, because they did the same thing with the Wii U and the Switch, uh, you know, but but Breath of the Wild, you couldn't buy the Wii U version and jam it into your Switch, <laughs> you know? So that was the interesting <laughs> thing uh, with that with that cross stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and there's always been the age-old debate, you know, like, do you want to get Donkey Kong Jungle Beat on the GameCube and use the Congos or do you want to get it on the Wii and use the Wiimote? Like they, they have it technically available in both places on the Wii. You have a lot of flexibility with the Wii. Um, so anyway, anything you guys want to say about, uh, any of that? All right. What do you guys say? Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I think there's a Sorry, mild delay I, between I must Austin be on a and me. Slight delay here. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good, man. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I was just gonna say the the annoying thing about the Wii and GameCube compatibility is you cannot navigate the Wii menu with a GameCube controller, so yeah, you need yeah. a Wii remote no matter what. Yeah, that's painful. Yeah, I everybody, I I forget. You know what, Austin? I think the one exception is if you uh, again soft modding, which you know, if you are saying okay, well, soft modding, but that's not exactly what I would consider it. Uh, I think a soft modded Wii that has Boot Me in it, which boots into the Boot Me menu before it boots the Wii itself. I think you can launch straight into GameCube, but that's the only exception. Um, I forget. Yeah. I always just hit res yes. reset to boot into the regular Wii menu, but I'm pretty sure I can boot straight into GameCube from that method. But again, you shouldn't have to mod your damn console in order to do something like that. Because um, we all know that they could have had some weird shortcut or way where you could just, uh, you know, I don't know if you, if you held down the reset button after turning on the Wii for like five seconds it would reboot in, you know, GameCube mode or something. You know, I, I don't think it's something that uh, Nintendo would have thought of, but it's totally doable. So, yeah, it was just a, a complete oversight. And especially, like, if this happened to me many times where you move the Wii and you forget the sensor bar and you're trying to play a GameCube <laughs> yeah. game and you just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually have two bad times. I have two Wiis in my house. Um, my soft modded one, which I keep down in the game room, and then a, a traditional non-soft modded English one because my, my soft modded one's also a Japanese console. Um, well, the English non-soft modded one I put up in the main room so that anytime the girls want to, um, I say girls, my my daughter and, and, and my wife is how I refer to the girls, but anytime they want to play a game like Wii Sports or something, they can just grab it off the shelf and I never have to worry about them jacking with the soft mod. They don't have to worry about booting the Japanese one and all the weird stuff that comes with that. They can just put in a disc and go. But the used Wii I bought to use with that didn't come with a sensor bar. It came with everything else. It even had component cables. It was 20 bucks. came with component cables and the power cord and everything. And I was like, oh, well, who cares? I could just move the sensor bar back and forth. And as Austin's demonstrating, yeah, it's not that easy. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, so, But I'm too stubborn to go buy a sensor bar, which would only probably run me five bucks. Uh, but, uh, but hey. So... <laughs> Uh, and uh, so what do you guys say to the idea that uh, Wii is technically backward compatible? Well, no, it's not. I, 
people talk about the virtual console, but I wouldn't say that's backward compatible because you can't jam a Nintendo disc in, uh, cart into it. Uh, <laughs> but God, if you could, <laughs> <laughs> people would. Uh, that's what they need to do. They need to release instead of the NES Classic Edition, like a USB cart reader that you just jam into your Switch or your your Wii U. Sorry, I keep saying jam, like like uh, not only to insult jam, but also like yeah, making yeah. it seem like it. making it seem like anyone who's backward compatible is all forceful with their consoles. They're like, here, you take this cartridge. You know, it's like no, that's not how it works. But um, <laughs> yeah, so um, all right. Before we go into any, uh, before we move on, anybody want to say anything about the Wii? Um, yeah, with the exception of the obviously having to use the um, the Wii remote to access the GameCube features, it's um, that's it's a, it's a good console to have. If and it's and it, the Wii is probably cheaper to find the GameCube these days, I'd probably say. Uh, no, GameCubes are pretty cheap. Yeah. They're both really? cheap though. Yeah. Oh yeah, GameCubes are a dime a dozen, and and it's because like Austin says, you get a Wii and you suddenly realize you don't really need a GameCube. Uh, the Game Boy Advance player is pretty rare. A lot of people don't use it. But uh, let's see here. I'm just curious. I'm jumping on the local Craigslist. Uh, yeah, I got about a dozen GameCubes here um, that are all between 20 and 30 bucks. Pick your, pick your flavor, Jam. Let's see. I got a silver one here. I got a purple one here. I got a black one. Um, ooh. Nintendo GameCube with mod chip installed. Custom LEDs. And a fuck Nintendo logo on top of the little GameCube window. That's cool. There's a, <laughs> there you go. Has a hardwired SD slot on the side of it, and you can load games straight to the, from the SD slot. Um, and it does have the custom region chip. Interesting. So, but uh, yeah. So, uh, not much use for it. Not much use for it, honestly. Swiss version 0.4. Apparently, that's a mod thing. Oh, and he did custom LED lighting for the controller ports. They're all they 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 all light up and stuff. They're pretty slick. So anyway, um, but yeah, w- and and Weezer you post the link. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Okay. Oh, here we go. All right. Here. There you go. Um, it turns out he just said fuck Nintendo. There's not an actual fuck Nintendo sticker on there. It's an at sign. It looks like, um, but yeah, he's got pictures of how it works, things like that. So anyway, Oh, new laser too. He had a new laser. So he says new AV cable, although you know what? The one thing he probably didn't mod into the system was component. Why, why wouldn't you (laughs) put component cables in there? (laughs) Or RGB out something, anything. <laughs> so, but hey. I also like that the game he shows off is a Harry Potter game from Japan. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, but, uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it goes back and forth, Jam. Uh, I've got a coworker who will gladly hand me his U.S. GameCube if you if you want a U.S. one. You don't have to put it in nah, 60 mode, though. <laughs> I'd rather have an American Wii, actually. There you go. I can get you one of those. Yeah, I can get you plenty of those. (laughs) That sounds wrong in itself. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, actually, most people will tell you just soft mod your Wii, and then you can turn it into region-free. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, all right. 
So let's move on because we've got to actually kind of wrap this up pretty quick here. But uh, the 3DS is, of course, DS compatible. Um, and this starts that debate, what's more useful, having a 3DS with all the DS compatibility or having a Game Boy Advance with all the previous Game Boy iteration compatibility? What do you guys think? Uh, are you sort of, you're referring to the, um, the Game Boy Advance. Uh, sorry, the get the gate the DS Lite having Game Boy Advance compatibility and uh, DS games be better. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot that one too. So there's three steps there. Yeah, right. Because there's three steps. Because I, I think I think it's fine for the 3DS to be DS compatible. Um, for what it is. Um, you know, is there much we, value in it though? Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the question. I think. Hmm. I mean, I think it is. Yeah, actually, I'm gonna take that back. Actually, I think it is. Uh, at Target, I think you still see DS games among the 3DS games because they know they're yeah. just plug and play. Yeah. So, yeah, you? I still see those around. Yeah, what about you, Austin? DS with 3DS thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I mean it makes um, sense. Yeah, I use it a lot. Okay. Yeah, I think like, we use it it's, so it inter- works perfect, hundred percent compatibility. <laughs> True. True, and I, I think that is a great thing that Nintendo, you know, you kind of come to expect that from Nintendo and good on them. And I don't really care how they get around to it. Like, it's just the fact that they do it. Um, what I will say is uh, I think we're so used to just being able to do that that we almost, I don't know, I think I take it for granted. You know, like, I think if it went away, I would notice it a lot more. So, but. The funny, the funny thing with me yeah. is- uh, I, I had a standard 3DS before, yeah, the standard size one um, mm-hmm. before I got the 3DS XL. So I was actually um, sticking to my DS XL for a while for the um, old. Oh no, you cut out. Oh no, I think I'm alone now. Nah. Oh, okay. I think I'm still here. Okay, cool. I have no idea. <laughs> well, real quick, we'll we'll see if Jam comes back. But uh, no, Austin, you sound great. Um, Clue Drew puts Game Boy Advance with Game Boy games was probably the biggest backward compatibility I ever used. Um, I could see that. The Game Boy Advance still was very much... Uh, I mean, Game Boy had been out for like a decade. Like, that was a big one. Did you... Were you doing that at the time, Austin? Given your age, I feel like portables would be pretty big when the Game Boy Advance came out. Yeah, I definitely played a lot of Game Boy games on my Game Boy Advance, um, mostly just because of Pokemon. It was a no-brainer for Nintendo to throw that on there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everyone still played their old Pokemon games, and, you know, with the one-to-one compatibility, it's like, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Jam, are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, <laughs> sorry, we lost you for a second. Um I missed what you were saying. You said something about you bought like a, you were using your DS, your regular DS XL for a while for something. Yeah, no, yes, yeah, because I I started. I actually was one of those people that had the um, yeah the standard 3DS to start with, the uh, mm-hmm. turquoise one, which is a smaller size than the DS XL. So I didn't actually jump on the backwards compatibility for quite a while, just because the DS XL existed and it was a bigger screen. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I didn't have that, but yeah, I went from light to regular teal 3DS as well. I was an ambassador. Um, but uh, 
but man, I just knew the hinge on that uh, launch 3DS was going to break, and I, I I sold it before it did, but uh, I took good care of it. But you know, you're opening and closing the lid; like there's nothing you can do about that. And I was so mad that those didn't get added to your. Um, remember that was because Nintendo was archaic. Those didn't get added to your account. They were just part of your 3DS. So when I sold the 3DS, they just came with them. Um, the, those games. Those games were tethered to the console, not to the account. Breaks my heart. Um, all right. Uh, then moving on, we've got the Wii with the Wii U. This is one I just never did. Like the Wii was just so many people had it. It just seemed like it was a waste of time to sell it or get rid of it. So I just held on to it. Plus hacking the Wii became very useful for retro gamers and very widespread when the Wii U came out. Um, Not sure which of us has a Wii U. I do. Uh, Jam, you do, right? Yep. Yep. And Austin? Yep. I've got a Wii U and like every exclusive there is. (laughs) <laughs> well yeah and, and so do we all, all right? five of them yep. <laughs> i was gonna say yeah hey you know what nobody else can enjoy bayonetta 2 but us um yeah that's true but austin the the true question is if you've got the if you if you focus on the exclusives that means you've got the devil's third hmm? <laughs> no i have been looking for that, that one <laughs> Uh, so jealous. <laughs> uh, You're not missing much. <laughs> you know, but you know what? It is totally aw- awesome, like, butt action 360. Like, ev- if you really dug everything the 360 was throwing out between the times of, like, 2007 to 2010, like, you know, binary domain and, um, and uh, I-, I don't know, uh, just just a lot of that stuff. Um uh, all the cover based shooters, all the random stuff like syndicate and dark sector and, uh, and things like that. Then, then this game is totally serviceable. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so what about the, I just want it cause it's rare. <laughs> There's that. Yes. <laughs> what about the, uh, the backward compatibility though? Austin, did you, do you use that much? Yeah, I use the backwards compatibility. Um, I even have the Wii and the Wii U and the, that I still would usually play the Wii games on the Wii U. Um, they updated it to where it will mirror the game from the TV to the gamepad, which oh. is pretty cool for the Wii, because um, the the gamepad has a sensor bar built in, so you can use that like entirely. So you could play a Wii game without a TV, nice. and I think that's pretty cool. I didn't know that, yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those rare instances where a backwards compatibility feature adds something new that you didn't have before and makes it really appealing. Uh, the only thing that sucks is you can't use the buttons on the gamepad oh. like portably. Um, the only time you can do that is with the Wii Classics that they have in the store. So if you were to buy like the last, um, the last story is not on there, but. Um, Xenoblade, you can play with the gamepad yeah. controls. That's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, I have that. I know that. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, Devil's Third. Like it was available for like twenty-five bucks or something on GameFly for a while, but it looks like it's sold out there. And yeah, it's still going jam in America. The U.S. version is still going for like 
for like 70 to 100 bucks. It's ridiculous. Really? Oh yeah, my god. It's ridiculous. It's like 10 quid over here. Yeah, I was going to say less. because in Europe, yeah, like you can trip over a copy, I've been told. Um Yep. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> damn region coding. Wouldn't that be great if Nintendo like backpatched region compatibility like out? Then Jam could just be Santa Jam and just send copies from yep. the, from across the pond. Santa just, Jam. Yeah, just just at, <laughs> at Nazi. Type of jam. Yeah, Santa Jam. You get a you get a Devil's Third, and you get a Devil's Third. You guys got the better <laughs> yeah. box art too. Uh, so, but uh, anyway, holy cow, ukulele is still forty bucks. Jeez. Anyway, um, all right. Uh, <laughs> that just happened to be when I was over looking at GameFly. Anyway. Um, I, I, I'm curious for you, Jam, because full disclosure, I have never used the backward compatibility on my really? Wii U ever, never popped a Wii oh, game wow. in there. And I have no reason not to, but never done it. Mm. It's funny because my oh. wife keeps asking, like, why don't we play Wii sports? Cause Autumn's really gotten into Wii bowling. Why don't we play it on the big TV? And I said, how are we going to do that? It's just like, Wii. for me, I didn't even think about the fact that the Wii U's already hooked up to that television. I've done quite a bit of uh, Wii backwards compatibility on the Wii U just co- for convenience. I mean, it's it saves it, it means one less console onto the TV. <laughs> so true. It, it's just fully it's fully um, compatible as well with everything. Yeah, you can stick the damn um, was it yeah that bloody sensor bar we talked about earlier into it. Um, yeah, I played uh, Skyward Sword on it. I played uh, a lot of the because um, I'm a big fan of the rail shooter stuff. So you know, like. House of the Dead, um, the mm-hmm. Dark Side Chronicles, the Resident Evil, the Resident Evil Dark Side Chronicles, and the Umbrella Chronicles, um, Ghost Squad, of course. Yes, yes. Have yes. That. <laughs> and do you do you have uh, what's the other one? Gun, whatever. L.A. Machines versus. Do you have? Yes, I do have that. <laughs> hell yeah! Hell yeah! yeah I've got that one. The I, Mad Dog McCree uh, collection. The yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, because I have all of them. I thought I was going to do all that stuff on the PS3. And after like a year or two, the move, my move controllers, I don't know if it's because I'm using the very classic PS3i that came with Eye of Judgment, but it, it's having a, it has a really hard time tracking um, my move controllers on the, uh, on the PS3. So I feel like, you know, when I'm, and it's, it's a pain in the ass to set up and get to work and everything. Whereas on the Wii, it's just plug and play. Like it really is much yep. easier. So, um, yeah, there was a bunch of money on digital content wasted, but uh, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> but Austin, I'm I'm All glad you told but me I, yeah about the uh, the the second screen stuff. I didn't know about that. Yeah, the um, so so basically um, the emulation is pretty flawless. I would say I think it is is fine. You know, mm-hmm. all the Wii games I played on it seem absolutely fine um, on the Wii U. Um, Really, it's just it's just convenience, really, more than anything. But and I I completely agree with what you said earlier, though. That yeah, we you can you trip over those as well everywhere at the moment. Um, you know, people are just getting rid of those left, right, and center, so they're not hard to find. And the best thing about the Wii as a console is it is tiny. It doesn't take up a lot of space. 
So yeah, the one I thing I will say is a large portion of the Wii's I've been uh, people have been telling me about lately. Like a buddy of mine just picked up a Wii because it was easy. It was on Craigslist for like twenty bucks. Is people tend to sell those now when they start having trouble reading discs? You'll start playing a couple of games, and then um, and then the, it'll it'll kind of stop reading discs or it'll have errors while you're playing, and uh, and uh, mm. uh, at which point I go soft mod. I mean, it's really easy yep. to do. Just soft mod it, and um, but again, if you have mm-hmm. if if the disc drive's really going the way of the dodo, the problem is, is it'll try to rip it. It'll take forever, and then the game won't work. Uh, but if you get one where like you know the disc works, which I always recommend people when you buy something used, you know, try it out. Especially if you go to a store or something, you get a full blown warranty, so you can just come back. But um, but yeah, just make sure the disk drive works a little bit and then just back up your games and soft mod the Wii because it doesn't take long. It can't hurt your system. You can update your system as much as you want. It won't get rid of the soft mod. And uh, then you can just back stuff up on a on a simple hard drive. And then it'll always work when your disk drive stops working. So, you know, mm-hmm. it works. But anyway. Um, all righty. Let's see here. Um. So next up, if you if you're ready to move on, well, let's talk about the Xbox yeah. One. That's the one that has backward compatibility. Boom! The Xbox One came out. It was not backward compatible because nothing this generation has been. Well, the Wii was backward compatible with the Wii. Or the Wii U was backward compatible with the Wii, but the Switch is not backward compatible with anything. Um, nope. And I was going to ask you, when you do the Wii mode in the Wii U, does it keep the 1080p signal or does it drop it back down to 480p? Uh, no, it keeps it keeps the 1080p signal. Yeah, signal. Yeah, it does up. It doesn't up res it, but it upscales it to yeah. 1080p. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I need to just put it in Wii Bowling and give that a go. Uh, Wii Sports. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Xbox One and PlayStation Four did not have backward compatibility. It's it, it's a complete change in architecture. They both went to x86 architecture, which is completely counter to. I mean, with the PS3, we always kind of knew backward compatibility wasn't going to come because cell architecture was so complex. Um, but PowerPC was a little more common, which was the 360, I believe. Maybe it wasn't, but either way. Uh, we didn't think it was going to work. And actually, it seems due to brute force because the Xbox One is so much stronger than the 360, even though people like to pretend the Xbox One is some piddly weak little console that can't do anything because it's like a little bit slower than the PS4. Um, backward compatibility is totally possible on um, on the Xbox One. And, um, and I think we're seeing something that, uh, again, it, it is a little bit of like, uh, plug it in and see if it works. Um, but we're seeing uh, some stuff that we weren't expecting to see that's very positive. I'm sure you guys are probably aware of this. Don't know who's... Well, I know Jam's got an X1. Austin, do you have an X1? Yep. I do not. Okay. Just a Switch. That's fine. Um, Xbox One, uh, actually, at this point, it took a little while. They had to do some iterations of the backward compatibility. But at this point, in large cases, the Xbox One backward compatibility actually makes games perform better. Uh, the Mass Effect trilogy now uh, works at a, a, a full locked 30 frames a second, which was definitely not the case when those games originally came out on the 360, as many will will probably have forgotten. Um, so that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, the same thing. That one never really hit 
30 frames a second. It usually dipped around 2025. 20, now it hits a locked 30 frames a second. So it actually gains a performance boost through backward compatibility, which I think is a very good thing. Um, Jam, have you done any of this? Have you noticed this? Uh, no, I haven't noticed this actually. No, yeah, I've done quite a bit of backwards compatibility with um, the the one. <laughs> it's so smooth, you just didn't see it. Uh, I know, yeah, I just didn't know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and that wasn't the case when it first came out. It was choppy. It was, uh, you know, I've I've got an old ancient video of me playing Mass Effect like day one of the backward compatibility, and I think people noticed some chop. And it was weird because it was alternative. Like it was, this is still software emulation, but like it would break in places where the 361 was smooth, and then be smooth in areas where the 361 would chug. So it was a weird thing. Um, but it's one of those things where if it's backward compatible on the X1, it's ideal. I would say to play it on the X1 versus the 360, um, which uh, as we were just pointing out was really not the case with the 360 generation, right? If you can, it's probably best to go back to the original Xbox and play your original Xbox games as opposed to using backward compatibility on the 360. Um, So that's an interesting, you know, side effect and and very positive. Um, but yeah, the other one, Jam, I think you and I have talked about this, is the idea that if your disc is scratched, <laughs> you can... Uh, yep. Yeah, we did yeah as long as the console can recognize it, it downloads a fresh new digital copy. So as lo- even if you got a scratched disc, you can breathe new life into your, co- into your games. Um, so games that used to have problems, maybe a deep scratch in the middle of the disc, and you always get to that one point in Bioshock where he says, would you kindly, and then it just crashes. Now you can uh, play the full game without having to worry about it. Um, makes it very easy to salvage old discs <laughs> and use them for main games um, because you just plug and play. You insert the disc and it downloads the digital version, uh, which is a cool, great way to do it. Um, and and not the way I thought Microsoft would have done it. I thought Microsoft would have just resold the games to you. Uh, but I think they knew that that wouldn't make them much money. I definitely wouldn't be jumping at any of these um, if it weren't for the fact that I could just plug my disc in and go. So, um, and then Xbox original Xbox was announced and, uh, there was talk that Crimson Skies would be the first one. There's been some rumors that black is also coming black famously, apparently one of the better first person shooters on the original Xbox and PlayStation two. And I've never played it. Um, it's by criterion games who were better known for racers, but, uh, but apparently, uh, that's a fun little, you know, check your brain at the door kind of shooter. And I need to, uh, I want to give it a go. So, um, but to date, yeah, that game is really good. Really? Okay. To date, we have never seen an OG Xbox game, uh, come out, right? It was announced at E3. Nope. Uh, I was there. It was announced like two months ago and not only are we not seeing it, but as time goes on, they've stopped like talking about it. <laughs> yeah. They, they haven't, like, yeah. I think like, it'll yeah. eventually come out, but I think we'll get Crimson Skies and maybe a handful of other games and then that's it. Probably, yeah, I wouldn't be so, surprised. I, I wouldn't be really, sad. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't really consider it backward compat. I'm very curious to see how those games run, though. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway. Uh, but uh, all right. Um, next up, anything else you guys want to say about the Xbox One backward compatibility? Yeah, well, it's still growing. You know, yeah. it's still going. Still, still more games to be coming. So, so Austin, I have an an interesting question for you. So, let's put aside economic. So, let's let's assume that the reasons you don't have a PS4 or an Xbox One, whether or not they are, let's assume they're not economic. 
you have a Switch, as we know. Um, so you are continuing your ne- mm-hmm. Nintendo fanboyism, and Nintendo thanks you for your 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 continued support. <laughs> um, the the money hat sitting next to you, uh, Austin, is for you. They told me to drop that by. Don't say nothing about it, and just wear it proudly. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So let's assume that the that that cost is not the the you know prohibitive. Um, do you see an extra draw to grab an X one over a PS four at all due to backward compatibility? That's the interesting question I've got. If you were to enter into this generation, which pretty much has the same library on both consoles with some exceptions. I would say at this point, I would lean more one. Um, just because I think the Xbox 360 compatibility with, the improvements is pretty cool for those specific games. But again, I think breathing life into old Xbox games is a really cool feature, especially if they do add online, like to Crimson Skies, like they said. Um, mm-hmm. I'm all for giving features that were are no longer available, um, breathing life back into that. I think that's a really cool thing to do. Mm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And again, um, you know, people lose track with the 50 million which is no number to slouch at number of people who have ps4s but i think they often forget that like there are also 20 million people with xbox ones and most of those people don't also own a ps4 like myself or jam um i'm sure there's plenty of overlap but there is a large number i would guess at least half that just own an xbox one all by itself and they're very proud of the console they have and Maybe not for backward compatibility, but for whatever reason. And I think that gets lost a lot of the times. Um, you know, uh, you know, if a game doesn't come to Xbox One, well, sorry, you've got the loser console. But if it doesn't come to PS4, there's going to be a petition. Cuphead must come to PS4. Which, for the record, I know it will eventually. But, hey, I think everything should come to everything if we can. But, uh, all right. And I have the new 3DS on here. I don't even know if that counts does it count There's very few games there is for it <laughs> nah, <not so> <laughs> is it xenoblade and that's it like that that full-blown you need a new 3ds for i know the new 3ds improves certain games but is xenoblade really the only one that just absolutely will not play on a 3ds there's Xenoblade, there's the Super Nintendo games on the Virtual Console, and then the Fire Emblem Warriors game that's coming out later this year is new 3DS only. I didn't know that. They're they're porting that to the Switch also, right? Because that would be dumb if they didn't, but they're probably not going to. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, it's coming to Switch too. Oh, it is? Oh, okay, good. Okay, well, that's good news for me. Um, And for those that don't have a new 3DS, but, but yeah... Okay, well, you know, that was a fun experiment. Uh, I know there is value to having the new 3DS, um, but uh, that always always blew my mind, <laughs> the exclusive stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, anything else we want to say about backward compatibility? I'm gonna, we're going to delve into, very briefly, uh, a couple of accessories that kind of also added backward compatibility, just kind of as a fun little end segment. Uh, but anything either of you want to say about uh, we'll we'll just go around the table. But uh, Jam, any closing thoughts on backward compatibility as a whole? Um, not re- well, not about the stuff we said, but it'd be nice if um, Sony would uh, woo, 
if they were <laughs> just draw my mic then oh, yeah. um it would be good if sony actually would return to backwards compatibility rather than doing i don't know they just seem to be the lazy one at the uh, moment jam you're their... wrong they did it's called playstation now get on it fuck uh, yeah come on oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> don't ask him about yeah, totally P- don't ask him about ps1 games on playstation now though because they look so ugly oh who would want to play those games gross by crash bandicoot 4 oh gross oh my god by god of war 3 remastered oh why would you want to go back to those old ugly games anyway um <laughs> but uh i'm just i'm just clowning uh austin any final thoughts on backward compatibility Uh, final thoughts, I would say it's a really easy thing to add to a con. Well, I can't say it's an easy thing to add to a console, but it's a good way to ensure longevity in a device. Um, you know, I keep my Wii around because it is backwards compatible and I keep my Wii U for a similar reason. Uh, If they added backwards compatibility PS2 on the PS4, I think that i'd buy one <laughs> well so. austin i say again just get on the psn you too can pay ten dollars for grand theft auto 3 for the upteenth time and get a oh, ps2 God. game on your ps4 <laughs> which uh i don't know if you know this but that those do have you let me throw my disc in <laughs> okay okay um they they those also have emulation issues which makes sense again i i'm actually surprised at how f- uh. Oh, well, then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised at how few emulation issues the Xbox uh, 360 backward compatibility has after those patches. But in the beginning, it wasn't it wasn't perfect. Uh, but I will say, Austin, the one thing they do with those PS2 games on PS4, the one thing I'll give them mild credit for, because um, somebody's going to get mad at us for saying the PS4 doesn't have backward compatibility, um, they add trophies to PS2 games, which is something even the the Xbox One doesn't do for for xbox og xbox games so give them that so and the 360 doesn't do it either but anyway all right real quick we're going to talk about some fun little adapters so i don't know if you guys know this but there are aftermarket ways to make things work with other things and probably the number one was the coleco expansion module number one jam did you guys get the coleco vision in in in, uh, uk not that I know of. Nope. Okay. Uh, I know you got the, the, the 2600, at least in small supply. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, the ColecoVision expansion modules, there were three of them, just in case you're curious. I think number two was a light gun, and number three was like a racing wheel. <laughs> so uh, so it wasn't like they, they were all backward compatibility things, but the Coleco expansion module number one came out in 1982 on the ColecoVision, and it was a cartridge slot that played Atari games, Atari 2600 games. So it's kind of a big deal. Um, and, uh, and it did end up um, getting them in court. Atari sued them. <laughs> and atari won, and, and atari won yeah which, i was gonna say this is pretty illegal uh yes and no atari 2600 had no um firmware on it so there was nothing patented and it was all off the shelf parts so i'm actually wanting to go back and look into the court case for this because it's weird to me that they would have won um i think it might have been an advertising thing where they said play your atari 2600 games and they used the logo or something there must have been some loophole they got around with that because there really isn't anything wrong with taking off the shelf parts and basically reverse engineering a console that 
already exists. So I'm curious to see the finer points of that. But yeah, they did lose and basically they had to pay Atari a licensing fee, which was really funny because the amount they paid was really small. And then Atari tried to sell licensing for the 2600 to many other consoles some of and computers, some of which got adapters. Um, and they paid a lot more than Coleco did. So Coleco actually won by reverse engineering this and breaking the law. Um, Coleco, once they paid the licensing fee, also released the Coleco Gemini console, which was a, uh, think of it as like the Neptune uh, by Sega. It was, uh, it played both Coleco and uh, Atari 2600 games. Um, or it might have just played 2600 games. I can't remember anymore. But yeah, that was some fun little shenanigans from the pre-NES era. <laughs> Um, the 2600 to Vic 20 slash C64 adapter apparently existed. Although this might be fake. I've never found anybody who actually says they own one and can supply a picture. You know anything about this, uh, Jammer Austin? You guys heard of this one? No, I've heard Not of that all. Okay. I've heard, I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I haven't seen it. Cause I never know, seen it. No, okay. No, no, yeah, no Vic 20 for me. <laughs> Yeah, I would be shocked to see the VIC-20, especially because I think it's monochromatic. Uh, Mm. (laughs) Maybe it had a couple of colors. I don't think it it toppled the ZX Spectrum for blasting colors. Um, But uh, but yeah, uh, so we'll see. Obviously, most of us are familiar with the power-based converter, which added Sega Master System to the Genesis in 1989. Mm -hmm. So I have one. Do you have one, Jam? No, I don't have one of those. I've seen many of them around, but they always ask for quite a high price over here for some reason. You know, I get that impression. Um, they weren't very popular around here, but they don't fetch too much. I think they're about 50 bucks. The interesting thing, I looked back on this. When that came out, it was like 20 quid, $30, or 25 quid, mm. $30 when it came out. That's how you do backward compatibility, right? That's a cheap price. Like That's a good way to add backward compatibility optionally. Um, even though it really didn't do much, it just disengaged uh, or it engaged the Yamaha chip as the core processor, and that was it. But whatever. Um, so anybody ever own a Super Game Boy? Yeah, I have one. I've got one. Okay. Yep. Awesome. I've used a friend's, but I never owned one. Ugh. All right, that that hat that I gave you, you're gonna have to take it off, and you're gonna have to mail it back to Nintendo. They want it back now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the Super Game Boy. I'll just send them a check. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the uh, the Super Game Boy is uh, is pretty cool. Uh, adds Game Boy games, and uh, there there's often talk as to whether or not it adds Game Boy Color games. Jam, I don't know if you know this answer, but uh, Game Boy Color games, you actually cannot play pure Game Boy Color games, but a lot of Game Boy Color games had like a back compat mode where they would play monochromatic um, and you could do those, but games like Metal Gear, Ghost Babble, you cannot play in the Super Game Boy. It it, it only would work with original Game Boy code. Uh, and that's because it came out before the Game Boy Color. They had no way of knowing they were going to update the hardware. Um, but what were you going to say, Jim? You use this a lot? And we lost him again. All right. Well, I'll go through this one real quick because I bet nobody had this one. It's called the TriStar. Sometimes it's known as the either TriStar Together, Tri-Star, or the Super 8 Adapter. came out in 1995. It was an aftermarket product. allowed you to play NES games on your SNES. So there you go. Something Nintendo wanted to include but didn't. Um, 
And then they also had the Wide Boy 64, added Game Boy Color and Game Boy to the N64 in 1998. Mostly developmental stuff. Um, I feel like this wasn't commercially available, or if it was, not a lot of people had it. Um, Austin, did you have a Nintendo 64? Yes, I did. Would you have bought a Wide Boy 64 if it was available? Uh, um, this looks pretty janky. I will be <laughs> honest, but <laughs> but yep, it was. I think when you've got the Super Game Boy available, it's like, eh, Fair what's enough. easier? And I still own the Super Nintendo, so there you go. Uh, Jam, you still you back with us? Okay. Well, there was also the TriStar 64, who is another adapter like that, added NES, Famicom, and Super NES to the N64 and was available in 2000. What about this? Would you have used this? I think this looks pretty cool, honestly. Um, I, If there was an official one, I could definitely have seen myself buying something like this i may try to track one down if they're not too expensive but i bet they're stupid expensive um and uh and plug it in just to see how it works see how it looks what it does if there's compatibility issues you know the first test is you always throw in castlevania 3 and see what what it does (laughs) um yeah (laughs) but uh all right, and then uh, quick software stuff. There was the Virtual Game Station, which was a PS1 emulator commercially available for the Mac in 1999. And then, of course, Bleem did it for the PS uh, for, for Windows and Dreamcast in 1999. Um, I think this might have been a little before your hardcore hacking times, but uh, would you have done any of this, Austin? Any, any morbid fascination with Bleem? Um... I don't think it would be something that I would use, but the ability to play PlayStation games on Dreamcast is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it was it only worked with three games, and uh, two of them it didn't work great. Um, but uh, Jam, just checking in again. We have you. Oh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Now. <laughs> so real quick, I was curious. What we were talking about the Super Game Boy. What were you going to say about the Super Game Boy? Um, well, no, I, I I have a Super Game Boy, but I don't know about the Game Boy Color thing, so I've honestly not tried. I kind of just assumed that Game Boy Color games wouldn't work with it. Just uh, of the, they, you know, the... they don't unless they've got the some Game Boy Color games like Link's Awakening DX. If you put it into a regular mm-hmm. Game Boy, it still works. It just switches over into a monochromatic mode. If it can switch to monochromatic mode, it'll work in the Super Game Boy, but if it's exclusive to the Game Boy Color, it does not. So... Uh, I think it's only the ones that have the see-through carts. Wasn't that how they signified it? Was the see-through carts were Game Boy Color exclusive, and that's how you knew you couldn't use them. So, Um, We were talking about some N64 adapters. There's there's a a kind of ghetto one that lets you do Game Boy Color and Game Boy called the Wide Boy 64, and then the TriStar 64 added SNES, Famicom, or NES, SNES, and Famicom. So... And then last but not least, the good old Game Boy Player gave you Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy compatibility on the GameCube in 2003. What do you guys think of this one? I just heard a tss. <laughs> Jam? <laughs> I think he said nice. nice. I said nice. That's what I said. Yep, yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, did, I keep coming in and out. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Um, we're we're wrapping it up. We're at the end of the road. But um, Jam, do you have this or do you use this? I don't have it. I've, I've been wanting to try and get one of these for a while, though. 
Gotcha. I the do... only reason to hang on to your GameCube. Yes, um, and I, I do have it. Um, it. It's it's pretty cool. The biggest problem you're going to have finding is is the disc. Never buy w- the adapter without the disc because everybody lost yeah, the disc yeah. and that's needed to play. Austin, you, did you ever use this? Would you ever use this? Um, I did not buy one of these. I remember when they had the that Game Boy Advance link cable. I mm-hmm. thought that was the same thing when that was being released. I was <laughs> like, oh, wow, I'll be able to play it. This will be cool. And then, of course, you couldn't. And by the time this came out, I was like, eh, whatever. I'll just play them on my Game Boy. <laughs> Lazy. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, no, no I understand. Uh, it's, it's kind of a cool little set piece. But again, to be honest with you, I've been so impressed with the uh, Wii MedNet fan or whatever that plays Game Boy Advance, Game Boy, and Game Boy Color games on the Wii in 240p in double strike mode uh, that uh, it, it just kind of blows away the Game Boy Advance player now. Um, so, and I can just Great. use ROMs. So um, it just turns me into a dirty pirate. Um, but yeah, with that, <laughs> I think that's going to wrap everything up and I do need to wrap up. So um, Austin, I wanted to thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's been yeah. a pleasure having you with us. Oh, thanks for having me on anytime i appreciate it yeah most definitely and jam thank you again uh and thank you uh clue drew for for joining into the chat and everybody out there if you want to be a part of us just join our discord there are links in various places uh we tweet it like every time we're live and things like that um and uh and you can you can come on and join our discord and 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 have a lot of fun and 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 whatnot uh, if you want a link just tweet me or something and say hey can you send that link but for the record it's discord.gg forward slash capital v lowercase t is in tom q y f is in frank m is in mary j um just uh, pop that in join up and you're good to go then whenever you want to just jump in the podcast channel you will be auto muted so don't worry about coming through and you're good to go we'll uh we will uh, mm-hmm. you'll be able to listen to the show and chat along so um all right as we come to near september we've got i think looking at it we've got two shows left jam so next week is going to be sophie's choice yours we're going to do whatever topic whatever game franchise whatever you want to talk about so we're going to keep that as a mild mystery sorry to keep it so cryptic but it's because i'm mostly spawning this on jam now so he's got to think about it (laughs) and jam let me know so i can prepare for it but we will be doing that and then um the final week will be part my sophie's choice also we're going to try to get a bunch of people in on the weekend um so that we can have like listeners call in and and join us and stuff like that so if you're not part of the discord definitely sign up and be prepared to do it the weekend of um the uh, 26th and 27th i will tell you right now i've got a shitload of activities going on the 26th so jan that'll probably be on sunday the 27th so uh expect around the same time we do it most weeks um if jam can do it we're going to try to do the 27th uh, in the afternoon in america in the evening for europe so um, hopefully that works out for everybody um and of course hit us up contact at gaminghistory101.com uh thank you everybody for joining us and check us out at gaminghistory101.com and we will see you next week cheers Oh, mm-hmm.